This is Coach Lee, and you're listening to The Door Report. At Vanderbilt, it's Tim Corbin in the Vandy Boys, Jerry Stackhouse on the hardwood, and Clark Lee on the gridiron. Nashville, it's time to sit back, relax, grab a cold one, and enjoy the show. The Music City is our state, and West End is where we rock. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. No strings till the hank comes out. Make all the drunk girls scream and shout. We love it, we hate it. We're all just trying to make it in this crazy town. Welcome into another episode of the Door Report. It is episode 190. When did our video stream go go, go live there? Uh, our video stream went live at seven, seven o'clock on the dot. We <laughs> we are powered by Alaco Finewood Floors. They are family owned and operated for more than two decades. Alaco Finewood Floors is Nashville, Middle Tennessee's choice for premium quality hardwood floors since 1995. Jimmy Alaco and his army of employees have embodied the approach of taking pride in one's craft and providing superior customer service. Growing from a one man shop. To a team of 23 professionals who share the founder's passion for quality craftsmanship and customer satisfaction. If you're interested in contacting them, you can find their headquarters at 2505 Winford Avenue over in Berry Hill. Or you can call them at 615-356-0303. That's the number. Almost forgot the number there. Uh, or you can log on to alacofinewoodfloors.com. Alaco Finewood Floors, serving Middle Tennessee's hardwood flooring needs since 1995. Well, we never got a chance to recap South Carolina. Uh, so so that's what we're gonna do a little bit of uh today. Uh so Will, we're gonna get we're gonna get Will back in here uh from via his phone. We got a couple comments here uh in the comments section. Scott Derrick, tier one, uh represent. Got Cameron Gad. What's up? What's up, Billy? So you guys if if you do have any questions or comments heading into uh the Kentucky game. Uh, feel free to fire those at us. Uh, Will will be getting back in here uh, shortly. We will have uh, Trevor Hoolan. Uh, he will check in with us. Uh, he's known as Hack Squat Jim Duggan uh, on Twitter. So uh, he will also uh, check in with us uh, a little bit later. Uh, so South Carolina recap here. I'll go ahead and get into it. And uh, once we get Will uh, in here, we'll uh, I'll, I'll get his take on it. But South Carolina defeated Vanderbilt 38-27 here in Nashville. You give up 38 points to an offense that has really struggled as of late. I mean, I, I went into this this South Carolina game. Will and I both did, uh, you know, fairly confident ab- about Vanderbilt's chances, uh, you know, in this game. And uh, we are gonna gonna try to test Will out here again with the phone. Uh, you and, know, can you hear me, Billy? How's yeah, it going? Good. Right. Well, you, you got this me. is a uh, lovely image. <laughs> All right, let me get set up. Let's see if we can get this actually working. You you actually sound pretty solid, Will. Pretty solid. Yeah. You're right. gonna, you're gonna you might have me with solid internet connection, actually, for the first time. Oh, it's actually, it's, it's good device, so far. So. It is all right. Let's. Good thing all of my notes are on my phone. 
and I cannot access any of it. So I'm just going to leave it as is <laughs> and hope I can remember what I had written down. So that'll be good for the first live. Oh, uh, there we go. We will, we will smooth this out guys. Stick with us. Keep swinging with us. Uh, we will uh, continue to do these lives. Uh, we'll, we're, we're going to get you some ethernet. Do you have ethernet? I wonder how, how we could do, do that. I do have like it's not a problem of internet connection, Billy. It's a problem of I have a very cheap laptop. That's that's the problem. Okay. I know what it is. Okay, hey, that, that's okay. Fault. That that's totally fine. Uh, but we are uh, raring and ready to go here. Hot start to the. Uh, we've done lives before, uh, but uh, we're we're starting a little bit of a new process here. So uh, bear with us, everybody. But well, I was getting to the South Carolina recap a little bit, and uh, you know I. I started by saying, you know, we we had high expectations. I mean, we we both predicted Vanderbilt to win this game. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know about deep down confidence, uh, but you know, I was we were both fairly confident. I mean, I felt good about Vanderbilt's chances. Uh, and we're not gonna we're not gonna spend too much time on the South Carolina game, but will. But I do want to get kind of, you know, you were there, I was there. Um, crowd wasn't great, of course. There were a lot of Gamecocks there, but. I just said, well, when you were off, you, you got back on here, but I said, you give up 38 to an offense that has really struggled. Um, and you said it, you said it, well, I, I, you said it last time you said, this is a get right game potentially for Spencer Rattler. And you know, that's what it was. That's what it ended up being. Uh, I mean, he was graded, I think a 94.4 on pro football focus. Uh, so he, I mean, he, he played his butt off, but a lot of that was, you know, what the Vanderbilt defense just wasn't able to do. They weren't, they, they couldn't tackle. So, well, I mean, I look at this. Yeah, you were able to run the ball with Ray Davis. Quincy Skinner had a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a breakout, but defense still, you know. And I, I told my brother after the game, I said, this defense looks worse than last year. And you know, Jesse Minner, of course, is with Michigan now, but I mean, that's what I look at. It, it, it I look at a, you know, it's sort of a downward trajectory at least in two years with, with the defense. So, I mean, th- that's the story. Well, I mean, the offense, they didn't hold up their end of the bargain against Mizzou. They certainly didn't. But this game, I mean, they ran the football. Quincy Skinner looked good. Shepard had a good, ga- good game. So, I mean, you can't really com- – you can't complain about the about the offense, really. I mean, you know what the issue was. It's been the same issue that we have – seen the entire year play out on the field. It's what we talked about at the beginning of the season, that the run defense and the uh, front seven would be pretty solid. Uh, And especially when we got later in the year that for the most part, the run defense wouldn't really be the problem, but the secondary had a lot of issues. And Jalen Mahoney, who was by far your best corner last season, shifting over to safety, hasn't masked those issues enough. And you combine that with missed tackles and you're just, in for a recipe of disaster when you have a former five-star quarterback and a guy that's probably still going to get a shot on an NFL roster somewhere, at least in training camp and Spencer Rattler. It's amazing how many times that those guys come into now First Bank Stadium and have their get-right game. Yep. Amazingly, the passing offense all of a sudden, uh, and this is before Clark Lee's time, is is clicking on all cylinders. And for whatever reason, it, it just is. And the run defense isn't necessarily the problem, but right now it's just a talent gap that can pretty much sum up anything that was missed and or any misinterpretation of what I said. The current players in the secondary right now just aren't good enough uh, to stop SEC passing offenses. The front seven right now is marginal at best. It's not a dominant run defense, but it's pretty solid. You have some guys, especially Anthony Orgy, who's going to be playing at the next level. And once they get Davion Davis back, 
you could see that run defense and at least a little bit more of a semblance of a pass rush. But everyone knows where the issues lie at this point. We've seen enough games. We've seen enough. Uh, teams are going to be able to pass against this offense. And you have another example of a team this weekend, Billy. I don't want to get too far ahead on this South Carolina quote-unquote recap, but you have another guy that was a projected first-round pick at one point in his football playing career, and things haven't necessarily played out this season, how uh, Kentucky fans or Will Levis expected. Uh, but it was very recently that that passing offense was expected to be a lot better than it has been, and I imagine that maybe this weekend uh, will be a chance for him to show some of that arm talent against a pretty pitiful uh, Vanderbilt secondary. Yeah, and well, going into the year, I think we knew we still knew, you know, how big of an issue the secondary was. Uh, I don't know to this extent, you know, that, that we thought it would it would be, you know, this much of an issue still. Uh, but I mean, at this point, the offense is. You, you, it's hard to say you can win games with this offense, but if the defense plays even a little bit better. You know, I, th- I think you have a shot against South Carolina if you make a few more tackles. I mean, I really do. The offense ran the ball hard. Ray Davis ran the ball. So the offense held up there into the bargain. And they, but now the defense, defense played so well against Missouri. And I know it's a different offense. You know, you can argue that. Um, so you are comparing, you know, different offenses there. Um, but this team is yet to, has, they have yet to put together a four quarter performance. Um, and so, you know, maybe. <laughs> Maybe it's Kentucky, maybe it's Florida, maybe it doesn't happen again this year. But at the end of the day, you know, you you've got to be balanced. And this team has, I think, for the first time, that offense found a little bit of balance. I mean, you, you know, and and you like I said, you couldn't complain a whole lot about what you saw from the offense. But yeah, well, so I, you know, like I said, I didn't want to get too much into that South Carolina game. Uh, you know, we didn't have at this point. You know, we're harping on very similar things uh, for most of these SEC games. Uh, anyway so you know we we decided to just kind of keep rolling here let's get to Kentucky and we're going to get right to it like I said we do have uh Trevor Hoolan checking in with us uh, a little bit later he's going to join us uh, for the prediction segment and then Dick Gabriel uh longtime Lexington uh sports talk radio host is going to check in uh, a little bit later as well to give us a full preview on Vandy Kentucky well first on Kentucky this is a team last year that you know they dominated Vanderbilt it was it was 34-17. Vandy scored a couple of late touchdowns uh, there to, to make the score a little bit respectable. Uh, Rodriguez last year ran wild against Vandy, 114 yards uh, on the ground. And But, Will, I think in this game, it's supposed to – I heard it's supposed to be in the – is it supposed to be in the 50s? And, and like, rainy? I heard, uh, I heard some people talking about how there might be some sleet on, on Saturday up in Lexington, which is, is wild to think about. Um, so I think, obviously, weather, you know – we usually say helps Vanderbilt. I don't know about it in this case, but I think any any anything that will you know prevent Will Levis from maybe completing passes down the field is going to help Vanderbilt. So so maybe it does. Uh, so Will, I, I think the weather could play a role, but I still look at Vanderbilt's defense. You know, kind of overall in this game, you got to stop Chris Rodriguez, but you also have to get pressure on Levis. And Vanderbilt has not been able to get pressure on anybody this year. So that I mean, you can't do that. You can't do that in a semblance of of representation. You're you're not really going to be close. Yeah, Kentucky's had a disappointing season, and I think a lot of that has come from the offensive production that they've seen. And their defense has been good, but it hasn't been dominant. It hasn't been, you know, as good as a Georgia defense or some of those SEC defenses 
that we've seen in the past. So the season's been a disappointment just because of the expectation. But let's keep in mind that this team was number 24 in the college football playoff rankings. They're an 18-point favorite. So a lot of the storylines are around Kentucky having a disappointing season, but it hasn't been that disappointing. It had, they haven't been absolutely terrible. They have a yeah. lot of talent on this roster. And there's a reason Vanderbilt's an 18-point underdog uh, and the over-unders at 47.5 because I, I think it's going to be a tough road to scoring points against this Kentucky team. And in that sleet, in that rain, I don't know if that helps Vanderbilt, even <laughs> if Will Levis is less able – uh, to throw the ball down the field. This team right now in Kentucky throws the ball on like 44% of their offensive plays and runs the ball 55% of the right. time. So that's what they want to do. I wanted yeah. one of my keys to be something around dominate the line of scrimmage or make it grimy or make it ugly. But in all actuality, when you look at it, the reason this seems like a relatively good matchup for Vanderbilt to keep it close is because Kentucky's built in the mold that Vanderbilt's going to have to be built in. Not right. a traditional football power. Uh, they built around some solid recruiting classes. They haven't had gigantic splash recruiting classes, but they, they've done a good job building that program up there. And it's going to be a really tough road for Vanderbilt to play a mirror image of its hopeful self in five years uh, and go out there and get a win or keep it relatively competitive. Yeah, I mean, I feel like anytime you go up to Lexington, it's just not fun for for Vandy. I mean, but Will going back to you know the Franklin era and the Bobby Johnson era, I mean that Vanderbilt Kentucky rivalry per se was pretty competitive. I mean that I saw some numbers where you know it was forty the 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 series was was tied at one point. I mean, I, I think. That that had been close, but ever since Mark Stoops got, got to Lexington, they have kind of tightened the hatches a, a little bit there, and, and especially with the lower-tier teams in the SEC. I actually talked about that with Dick Gabriel uh, coming up. So, Will, you ready? Let's just hop in. Let, let's hop in three keys to a Commodore victory on Saturday, Vandy in Kentucky. It is an 11 a.m. kick, uh, Will. So I, I don't know how what the crowd will look like. I wouldn't assume great. Um, so that's, uh, that's what we got there. Well, I'll start here and it starts with defense. This is a defensive, uh, this is a defensive minded episode. Uh, this is a, this is a Derek Mason type episode here. We're talking a lot of defense. I'm going to start with take better angles. I mean, I, I know, I know it's very obvious, but Kane Patterson, uh, in an interview, uh, with, uh, with the media yesterday, I think it was, Will, he talked about pursuit and, you know, taking better angles. And yes, you have to have the speed to to do that. But I do think that is a coachable, like, I think that is a coachable thing, you know, in, in the middle of a season, you know, you, you can, you could do it anything you, you know, obviously you have to have speed, but if you don't, you know, say, Hey, take the, if you take a, you know, if you take an angle, you know, that aims toward the sideline on a, on a Chris Rodriguez edge run instead of, you know, right at him. I mean, it, there are, it's, it's coachable, simple things like that that I think Vanderbilt can make adjustments on. Now, at the end of the day, you get an end around to Barry on Brown, he's going to beat Vanderbilt off the edge every time. I mean, it, 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 that's not pursuit. That's not angles. That's pure speed. Um, so at this point in the season, Will, it's hard saying this in, 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 a, in a preview, you know, take better angles. Yeah. Oh, nice. Thanks, Billy. But I do think that is – Kane Patterson talked about it. He said that is an adjustment we can make, you know, especially for him at the linebacker position. I mean, we see Anthony Orgy. He's in on pretty much every tackle. I mean, if you look at it, he is – he 
he's the one guy that that is is pursuing well. He's taking the angles, but he also has the physical traits to do that. And I think Kane Patterson does as well. You, we've seen that from the linebacker and core all season. I mean, that, that's what you've seen. So, but it comes to the corners, it comes to the safeties, and that's what teams attack. They, you saw what South Carolina did well. All they did was swing pass, outrun, first down. I mean, it was literally. I, I was looking at the people around me. I was just saying. If I'm an offense facing Vanderbilt's defense, all I do is swing passes all day. Just get them outside on the edge. And, uh, you know, I, if you're Vanderbilt, you, what do you do to stop it? I don't know. But at the same time, listening to Kane and the kind of the, the conviction in his voice, he was pretty confident that that is an adjustment they can make. They can, you know, work on it all week. Maybe it doesn't make a difference. But I do think, well, even if you don't have the talent, you know, you, you can make as a team, as a team defense, you can make some of those adjustments. So, I know at this point, well, we, you know, <laughs> at the beginning of the season, we, you know, we talk about these keys and we're so, you know, we're confident in them. We, we love them. You know, I mean, these, these, here's our keys of the game. Similar to last season, we're saying some pretty similar keys uh, <laughs> most weeks. But this, I, want, I tried to get a little bit different. Um, and, you know, I, I haven't had a, a defensive key. I mean, most of them have been offense for the, mo- for the most part of this season. But I'm going to say, well, take better angles, whatever that really means. And, and, you know, take that for a grain of salt, but that'll be my first key. Just take better angles. Yeah. I think pretty much every single key that I really want to put down, I've already had pretty much every single week for the entire season, but I do like to find at least one or two of the three main keys that I haven't used before. And something that I usually just absolutely hate when people discuss is actually going to be something that is going to be my number one key this week, Billy. And that's going to be time of possession. Time of possession, my Mm. least favorite, most useless stat of how the game is actually going in in modern college football is going to be very relevant this game. And that's because of how both teams play and the injury situation and thinness Vanderbilt has, uh, especially on the offensive line. If Vanderbilt's able to win the time of possession battle, yeah, because just... both of these, yeah, well, I don't know where it cut me off, but both of these teams run the ball a lot. Uh, even though Kentucky has a first round quarterback that was never actually really going to be a first round quarterback, I don't know why yeah. it was hyped up that way in Levis. But he's a pretty solid quarterback. He's a mid round guy. They have some talent on the outside, but they run the ball over 55% of the time, ranked in the top 20 uh, percentage wise. And the real reason they don't throw the ball is their offensive line sucks. Uh, at pass protection. They're in the bottom 10 uh, in the country in percentage of QB sacks per drop back. So it, there's just a lot of things on this Kentucky team that aren't good, Billy, but it's hard for me to get fired up about a lot of keys because you really point to the other side. And so far this year, really Vanderbilt's been worse. Uh, so my number one key is win time of possession, hold the ball, uh, because otherwise you just won't be able to hold up against this Kentucky line on both sides really uh, and the time of possession is going to tell the story if Mike Wright's able to operate this offense at all in the absence of A.J. Swan. Yeah, I mean, it, the South Carolina game did a lot, at least, I think, to Vanderbilt fans. It did a lot to to me and my perception of this team and, and, and you know, the overall perception of this season, really. I mean, you you look at, you know, what happened in the game, and, yeah, Vanderbilt's offense w- was able to get some things done, but – you know, at the end of the day, the they're not able to string together uh, a four-quarter game, and the defense is just not able to play complementary football. So, 
um, you know, I mean, you look at it, it's just, I think it changed a lot. It changed a lot of, of not saying Vanderbilt fans, everyone was expecting a win, but I'm saying that they were, there was some confidence, I think, just like there was confidence heading into Memorial gym on Monday night. I mean, you know, it, it, there was confidence on, on, on both games. So, uh, well, I'll go to number two here, make the game ugly if, if that's possible. So if, if that's at all possible to do, if you're Vanderbilt, Make the game ugly any way you can, whether it's, you know, time of possession, like you just said, Will, run the football. You know, you know, Kentucky does have a good defense, so maybe, you know, maybe you're not able to establish the run the way you were against South Carolina, and all this is is sort of out the door. But, you know, Will, I, I do think if Vanderbilt is able, with the weather, you're going to have maybe some sleet. It's going to be cold. Um you know, maybe you're able to run the football, muddy the game up a little bit. Patrick Smith will, if you remember, had a good game against Kentucky last year. I think he ran for almost 90 yards on the ground. So, he, you know, a lot of that was probably late in the game, but they were able to find a little bit of success on the ground last year against Kentucky. So I think if you're able to ugly, just make the game somewhat ugly. Kentucky usually does that. So they may do that anyway. So this might end up being just an ugly game from from both fronts. I mean, last week's Kentucky-Missouri game was a, a travesty. I mean, I don't know if you saw that, Will, but uh, it was a weird play with the punter. He 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 barely got the punt off, but he actually ended up getting hurt. So it was just crazy. It, it was wild stuff. Is everything you expected to see in a Kentucky-Missouri game? And you probably, I I mean, I expect to see some of the same. And I think that's a good thing for Vanderbilt. I'm not saying Vanderbilt is is coming to this game with riding high, all kinds of confidence. But I do think, you know, the weather plays a factor in this game. So that means Vanderbilt should be able to make the game ugly somewhat. I'm not saying they're going to be able to, to you know, dominate uh, time of possession or anything like that and, and hold on to the ball and just, you know, have these long methodical drives. But I think if you're creative, if you're creative enough with Ray Davis and Patrick Smith and Mike Wright in that run game, you know, I mean, we saw what they could do against South Carolina. And South Carolina, that it's not a great defense. But it's also not a, a, a terrible de- – I mean, it's not piss poor. So, you know, I think Vanderbilt showed that they, they they can run the football. But then again, you're playing a team like Kentucky with a better D-line, a better really overall defense. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really I'm, – I'm stretching here. My elbow hurts from all this stretching, Will. But uh, at the end of the day, I think if you can – do it, make the game ugly. And he, like I said, Kentucky's probably going to do it anyway. So it's going to be an ugly game anyway. Uh, but I think if you are Vanderbilt and you, you know, you, you obviously want to have a chance to compete and win this game. That's one of the things you got to do. You got to try to make the game ugly. You know, like I said, block a punt, just make it ugly to watch. Don't make people want to watch this game. Not that anybody even wants to watch this game anyway. Yeah, Billy, I was really hoping uh, that I would be able to use my phone. I had a really good little, uh, few sentences written down for my key number two, but I'm going to wing it here. My key number two is going to be what I flashed during yours, Vanderbilt <laughs> fans. Uh, get a bottle, get a bottle of something uh, to wash down. Because do you remember the game last year? Do you remember what happened? This year is going to be the exact same thing. Uh, I'm not saying Vanderbilt hasn't improved. Uh, they clearly are a better product on the field. Uh, they've improved probably 10, 20% even a 20% improvement over what they were last year, if not more. Uh, And it's raised them up 20, 30, 40 spots in the overall hierarchy of college football if they were to play every single FBS opponent and be slotted against them. It's not going to make a difference against SEC teams and SEC talent this year. And and you saw that against South Carolina. 
Uh, that was the last opportunity to have a victory. Uh, these these aren't keys to victory anymore. These are keys to success. As we rephrased them during a stretch during this, uh, yeah, I, I should have I should have rephrased them. I should have rephrased. Yeah, I mean, them. I don't want to say in everything I say because at, in my heart of hearts, I'm a Vanderbilt fan, and I always hope when I take a strong stance in opposition towards. Uh, the outcome of a Vanderbilt game or how our player performs in my yeah. heart of hearts, I hope to look like the biggest biggest idiot on the planet uh, because nothing would make me happier than seeing an upset uh, in Lexington at Kroger Field because I'm going to be there. Uh, even if I can't find oh. anybody in the in the door report group willing to go with me, I got a for free <laughs> tickets from a buddy that I've that I've known for a while. Shout out to Bobby Kissler. Uh, give me there free tickets to you're the gonna be in the, game. You're, so. you're going to be in the Kentucky season ticket section. I will you? be. I will be, and and it might be better if I'm solo. I usually I would have a partner in crime in one of our riders, Jacob Scholl, uh, but unfortunately he already had plans this Saturday, so he's one uh, of the few people that will travel with me and knows what he's getting himself into, uh, because he went to Notre Dame with me. Uh, he's been to a f- quite a few tailgates and games with me, but but it should go. be fun regardless. Check one off the list, but grab a whiskey, grab a vodka, <laughs> grab a beer, gra- grab a non-alcoholic. Uh, beverage whatever whatever your choice is whether underage or not uh grab a drink sit down no matter what happens this is not going to be a win on saturday and you're not going to see a win until 2023 anchor down man that's so sad will oh my gosh that's sad although it's probably true the memphis game did it to me it uh yeah bro it it drained the last bit of gasoline in my fan tank so so your your Vanderbilt fan tank is at zero like that just dude Southern Miss is going to restore it to levels that you've seen (laughs) like I I don't even need like the women's basketball team getting a win kept me from going into negative like it kept me at (laughs) 21 percent so you take the wins where you can get them uh if Vanderbilt basketball loses to Southern Miss the next game it 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 might break me Billy you you might want to stay off Twitter uh if Vanderbilt (laughs) loses to Southern Miss because Dude, if, if there's a fan oh. that needs a college athletics victory, it's this podcast. We have weathered some storms. And what episode is this, Billy? 190. 190. And not one SEC football victory. We've sat through winless basketball conference seasons. Dude, we need some. Imagine the content we can produce with wins. Imagine what that would do for us. That's the only thing I've been thinking of, how close we've come. We have done all this. We've literally. (laughs) And we've sucked. I mean, you got to keep it going. Oh, man. Uh, So as sad as that little excerpt was from Will, it's, it's sadly true. I mean, Missouri and South Carolina were the opportunities. I mean, let's not sit here and sugarcoat it. I'm not going to. I, I remember right when we started, Will, I I was the one who would do a lot of sugarcoating. I've grown past that. You know, there is not I'm you know, it, there's not a there's not a chance anymore. Maybe at home, Florida the Florida game is usually close. So maybe, but at this it's point, just the talent, Billy. The the talent gap has gone from even though they're even styles and on paper, it's just you can see the athletes and it's gone from here to here. But it's still got to go to there to have a chance at an upset. And you know that's what that's what we said after after the Mizzou game. You know that that's what I think you harped on it more than me. You, I mean, you said this team they're they're just they're not ready yet. They're they're, they're not ready. So 
you know, and so I, 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 I like the fact that you said that, Will. Um, you know, I still thought, I still thought South Carolina was maybe an opportunity and, because it was. I mean, it, it, it really was. Before the season, we said Missouri, South Carolina, those were the opportunities. So, Will, we got to finish our keys real quick here. We do have uh, Trevor, uh, Trevor Hoolan coming on here. He's gonna, he's gonna hop on for the prediction segment, uh, give us his pick uh, for Saturday's game. And oh my God, y'all are gonna love the shirt uh, he's got on. Uh, so, Will, I will go. Uh, Can I will we go do here. key number three, by the way? I just said we got to finish it up here. We, oh, we get, okay. Yeah. So we yeah. only get two keys, so we're half-assing it. All right, perfect. <laughs> no, 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 All no. Right. We're, we're going to get to our third key. I once again have taken like nine pages of notes, and I haven't used a single one of them. And I'm, I've am i been more worried about freaking connecting and constantly losing connection than any of the notes that I've spent hours taking. Well, let me ask you, do you have an Ethernet cable? Billy, I'm connected on my on my cellular telephone. No, I, I know, but on your laptop, do you have an Ethernet for it? Oh, it's it's not a lot. It says speed, Billy. I bought this laptop on sale, and it okay. was like hundred and twenty nine dollars. I'm gonna I'm just... gonna I'm gonna get you a laptop. I'm gonna get you a laptop, Will. Dude, I just don't. The only problem is, so I've got my work gave me, which I I hate my dog, but my work gave me a Microsoft Surface Pro Seven, which works for everything, like, and it's super high powered except for things like this. And the only thing that I do with anything to do with video on my personal laptop is this. So it's just been like, I need one, but it's just an okay. expense that if we can well, just hey. get a sponsor, which I know is supposed to be my job initially. I know like two and a half years ago, I was never supposed to be recording a podcast with you. Not really sure how that happened, but <laughs> if we could just get a sponsor, we could stream, I could hook up an ethernet cord, man, this show would just be on the road. Hey, We'd just we're, be we're un- fine. An unstoppable force. This this hasn't been. I don't think this has been awful. It. I wouldn't say it's been great, but it's the first time in a while. So we're getting back at it. I mean, That's this always is, my goal. This, hey, yeah. I, I just like when people look and when people look at me and they're like, "Hey, wasn't awful. First time in a while. Move on." And that's that's All the right. life motto right there, Billy. Here we go. Moving well, on. Let's get to <laughs> We got to get to our third key, though. Do you have a third key? Uh, I'll, just bring, I'll just bring Trevor yeah. on. I'll talk about my third key here. Oh, yeah, yeah uh, you get your third key. But we're going to welcome in Trevor. Who First off, Trevor, welcome in. How are what we doing, guys? They, uh, I, I had to pander. I, it just came in today. As soon as I uh, got the email notification, I uh, see, yeah, I just had to go out to my mailbox, and I was like, you know what? I know what I'm wearing tonight. That's awesome. That's awesome. I know they have sweats, sweatshirts too. Uh, I think Braden, uh, Braden McPherson, formerly of the Doorport, has a sweatshirt. Um, <laughs> so I got to get one. Well, I don't know. I, I know you've ordered, probably ordered one uh, as well. So, man, let's get into it, Trevor. I, I was going to talk about my last key here, and I think Mike Wright. Right, this has to be the Mike Wright legs game. I, I mean, totally it, agree. If if you're if you're Vanderbilt, you're not gonna you're not gonna have really any success throwing the football. You're, you're, you're not. So I think if you're Mike Wright and, and, you know, Vanderbilt's offense and, and Joey Lynch, you've got to find ways uh, to get him out on the edge, get get out, you know, and, and just outrun people. That's what Kentucky's going to try to do. They're going to try to outrun Vanderbilt with guys like Barry on Brown and, and the weapons they have. So that was my third key. I mean, I think they're going to need a couple 40, 50 yard runs from Mike uh, to stay in this game. I think that's one. I mean, it's one of their only shots of staying competitive in this game. So, uh, Trev, real quick before we get your pick, what if you had a if you had something? What has to happen for Vanderbilt to be to be competitive in this game? 
on special teams, you if Matt Hayball in allows Barry on Brown to catch one punt, then he's going to take it to the house. Uh, keep keep the ball out of his hands on special teams at all time. I mean, he, you know he's going to get his on offense. It's just they're going to run some little sweep, and he's going to get the corner, and he's going to outrun everybody. I mean, sort of like we've seen what Jaden McGowan has done all year. Um, on special teams, though, you cannot let him touch the ball under no circumstances. Um, punt it out of bounds. Um, go for it on fourth and six. I don't care. On special teams, you cannot let Barry on Brown have the ball. No, no, you cannot. I mean, he, we've seen his speed, and that's what they're going to do. I mean, I, I watched that South Carolina game, and I said to myself, they're going to throw it to Barry on probably at least 10 times. And out on the edge, whether it's a swing pass, so they're going to try to do that. Uh, Will, are we ready for predictions here? If we're, we're on predictions, then I'm ready to rock. We're, we are on predictions here. Perfect. Trevor, I usually start, but I'm going to let you start with your kind of your debut uh, TDR performance here. And, and guys, this is, of course, first time doing this. We're going to try to make this, especially for basketball season, something that we try to regularly do somewhat uh, just to have some interaction with you guys. So, um, you know, I know we had some few comments there at the at the beginning, but uh, feel free for, for future episodes to kind of kind of fire your comments away. Uh, and we will be bringing other uh, door report writers. Of course, Trevor has done a, a great job uh, on uh, on the door report website with uh, recaps and, uh, you know, previews as well with Brian Carlson as well. So uh, re- really trying to trying to expand and grow uh, any way we can. Trevor, let's start with you, though. Uh, I, I Like I said, I usually start. Well, we're going to start with you. Your prediction for Saturday, Vanderbilt uh, at Kentucky, 11 a.m. kick. I think I think what we thought the South Carolina game was going to be, I think a lot of people thought that was going to be a low-scoring, ugly game. Turned out to be the opposite. I think the Saturday is going to be an absolute slop fest. Um, if you told somebody, you're like, okay, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, at Kentucky, 11 a.m. kickoff, the first thing they're going to think of is this is a disgusting ball game, and that's exactly what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I think what was the over at? It was like 40, 47, 48 and a half. Yeah. Hammer the under. I think we're gonna see a ball game, something like here's here's what I think. I think it's gonna be a really close game. I think probably what's gonna happen is it's gonna be a one possession game all game long. And Kentucky probably has some bogus turnover at the end to make it like a two possession game. I think. I think we're going to see something like 24-13 Kentucky. I really I really do. I don't I love Mike. I think he's a great ambassador for the program. Just with him at uh just with him at quarterback, I I'm not really sure what they can do. I think what's going to have to happen for Vanderbilt to even have a shot is I think uh Ray Davis and Patrick Smith are going to have to have an absolute masterclass again. Um defense front seven um, I think tied last with Missouri for sacks at 13. So a bad Kentucky offensive line is going to get a break whenever they're going up against a, a bad, statistically speaking, front seven of Vanderbilt. Um, it's been frustrating because you haven't seen Vanderbilt bring pressure, barely bring pressure on defense all year long. And it gives me the world's biggest headache. Um, cause whenever a secondary is that bad and they can just have time to, draw back and find the pockets in the zone and just kind of pick you apart, dink and dunk you for all four quarters. 
Um, only bringing three or four makes legitimately no sense. And I'm not a football coach at all. I mean, I'm definitely like an armchair guy. But constantly bringing three, four guys makes absolutely zero sense. Um, if Vanderbilt wants to win, um, they're going to need to – I want Anthony Orgy, Kane Patterson, and Ethan Barr just screaming at the offensive line every single game. I And I love Ethan Barr. We I don't want to see don't, Ethan don't Barr. We all, we all love Ethan. I, I want to see Ethan blitz every single time. I don't want to see Ethan Barr in pass coverage anymore. Just send him. Just send him up the middle and just play with house money. <laughs> I think this we've just, got a new, I think we've got a third co-host here, Will. Trevor's pretty damn good. <laughs> thank you, yeah. thank you. It's just Will, I think you're muted, by the way. It seems I, so odd. Dude, obvious. at this point, whatever. Thing. Like I'm trying my best. But oh. yeah, no. Trevor, I was I was bowing down and praising because it's everything that we either he has listened to us and consolidated down every single word that and thought that we have had throughout this football season. Or he thinks like us, which is a dangerous I, trio. The three yeah. students. Well, and it's it's frustrating born. because like <laughs> we don't, none of us get paid millions to coach football, and obviously these guys. I mean, Nick Howell has obviously forgotten more football than I know. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But some of this stuff seems so obvious that it's just. Well, the thing about the thing hey. about Nick Howell, the thing about let. Give me a sec. The thing about yeah, Nick, Nick Howell. The thing about Nick Howell, Virginia fans were, I mean, they were praising the heavens when he left. I mean, that I, all they yeah. were all message boards. They and that's that to me. That's not a, that's not a good sign. I mean, I know it's fan, but but message boards like those are where the the diehards are, and you send them to Vanderbilt, and you know we're getting deep here, but I I think there there's there's something to that, and I think you could see we're getting deep into the weeds here, but I think you could see a change. Um, I, and Will, so. I, I know you've talked about it, Will. Yeah, this is – yeah, go ahead, Trevor. I think you had something to say there. No, I'll just I'll say like one more. Not to get off subject, but it's the most Vanderbilt thing to ever happen for Michigan to poach Jesse Minter, and he might win the Broyles this year. He's legitimately yeah, he's like a top – he's a top five assistant coach in all of college football right now. He might win the Broyles. Yeah. We got yeah, I was going to say, Billy, the best place to usually research anything that Vanderbilt does as far as if they quote-unquote steal a coach or steal a player uh, from an opposing school is always uh, to check that message board in 24-7 sports. And you'll know what the actual situation is. And in that yeah. situation, I really didn't see enough negative comments for me to get excited uh, about stealing away uh, yeah. a coach. No, we got a comment here. Cameron Gad says, "Wait till Devin." Uh, I think he means Davin Davis uh, there, because Devin Lee is back. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Davin will make a little bit of a difference, but at this point, I don't know. I don't think one player will make a difference on that D line. Um, I don't know what you guys Does think. He, can I mean, he play corner? God, <laughs> Davion Davis play corner or safety? I think where uh, then otherwise Davis it'll is, make no difference. I think where he's going to help is coming back next year. I think that'll be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'll be a a big and okay. So this is something I was reading on my favorite message boards, twenty four seven sports, and it was underneath another friend of the podcast, Robbie Weinstein. One something thanks, posted Robbie. on the twenty four seven message boards hashtag. Thanks, Robbie. Uh, <laughs> they were talking about the eligibility of Ray Davis, and I think we've kind of steered away from. Just I saw the that pure one. Kentucky yes. preview. 
But let's just steer away, Billy. We're live. We've had connection issues. It seems to be stable now. I, hey, and we've got a we've got a beautiful one, trio. You were the one at the beginning saying, "Screw this! Screw these lives! <laughs> this these suck." <laughs> hey, dude, shut up! All right, it's been a long day. All right, and, um, and you're making me remember all the things that I wanted to say when I was trying to reconnect as well earlier. So. <laughs> I got another um, comment here. This is my brother Scott. Um, Howell was hired to be our DB coach, which is interesting. Because I don't, you know, he wasn't, he was, yeah, Jesse Minter. So Howell Howell came on as the DB's coach, and then he was promoted. So that's something I had forgotten about. Um, Mm -hmm. And Minter, losing Minter, and Scott said it's Vandy luck that we lose Minter after one year to Michigan. But, I mean, he his, his absence has made such an impact. I really do believe. Now, it's ginormous. I mean, you saw what he did with that defense last year down the stretch. That He turned that defense into something that I don't think I ever would imagine they could have been last year. So, I mean, that losing Mentor was huge. He, that was that was definitely huge. Um, so, and there's the comments, Vandy Luck, that we lose him. Um, and it's, it's things like this, guys. I mean, we want some interaction. We've gotten some already here. And, you know, this is something I think fans will, will grow to uh, grow to love, and especially with – with Trevor Hoolan, man, here he is. Uh, I mean, he's the guy on Twitter. I mean, I feel like you kind of run Vandy Twitter at this point. I mean, I don't have time to tweet as much as you do, but man, you you carry the load for us. It's just because it's years of watching Vanderbilt athletics has really done a number on my uh, frontal cortex. So <laughs> I just tweet the most fringe, lunatic things, and sometimes it hits, and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, I'm really afraid that one day, uh, with like a relationship that she's going to like find my Twitter or something like that. And it's just going to be she's like, who is this old manager, Avi? And it's just, it's just old Woody. And she's like, she, she reads five tweets and she's like, Oh my God, this man needs to be <laughs> institutionalized. I, I like, I don't, Billy, I missed the last couple minutes, but wherever this is at, like that's already happened. So I can tell you how that's going to go. It's not going to go well for you. Like, gosh, <laughs> gosh. The, the, the Twitter without a lockdown. Actually, timeout. I want to rewind and say it will go well. If there's one thing that women love, it's a crazy obsession with college athletics. Like, if, if there's one thing that they do, so Did I don't know get, where we were in this, in this conversation. She's like, oh, you man. Wanna, she's like, you want to hang out on Saturday? I'm like, I don't. Yeah, I'm like, hey, you want to come tailgate? I'll be out there at 6 a.m. And that's that usually is like, oh, the Tennessee football game. And I'm like, hell no. No, God, no. Let's go to the Vanderbilt football game. I think they might be playing UConn this Saturday, baby. <laughs> yeah, me and my twelve closest friends. Oh, we are going to get going. There might even be two or three people that recognize me. So that that might be that's yeah. a real flex right there. Out of the out of the twelve hundred people at the game, two or three might know oh, who I am. So man, I'm, are you already got me? <laughs> You get Will rolling like this, he can make me cry, man. Trevor's <laughs> a bad person. Billy keeps me on the oh. on the rails. Man, I got to Will, you haven't been that far off the rails in a while. That was that was great. Oh man. All right. So we got Trevor's prediction. I'm going to get to mine. We'll save yours for for last as you take a few more sips, Will. Um <laughs> so here we go. I Trevor, I I like what you said about the 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 close game because this weather's going to suck. I mean, this, oh. it really is. These players are not going to – a lot of these guys just aren't going to want to be out there. I mean, I, I'm, I'm saying it, you know, in all honesty. You know, I, there's there's going to be some tough, gritty glue guys that are going to love it. 
But in today's day and age, there gonna be, there's going to be some kids that fake some injuries. There's going to be a lot of stuff like that. So I, I do think it's going to be low scoring. I don't know. I'm not as confident about the close game. Uh, I, I just don't think, especially with Kentucky, where Stoops is, even though their trajectory is is down right now. I mean, I don't know if, how much longer Stoops stays there, but I, I just I just think Vanderbilt, the way they have played as of late, uh, I, I don't feel – I just don't have a good feeling. Um, now, I do think they could have some success with Mike on the ground offensively, uh, but defensively I just haven't seen really anything all year to, to make me believe that – uh, they can go on, especially on the road. Now, I do think they play better on the road, which is is something to keep an eye on. Um, and this Kentucky team, it, Will, it's like the Ole Miss preview. You know, we said Ole Miss isn't a top 10 team. You know, we we said, uh, I think we said South Carolina. I know they weren't ranked, but they weren't a true top 25 team when they were. Um, and then, you know, even Wake Forest, we were talking about that. I don't know that Kentucky is a true top 25 team. They're They're a good team. But, uh, you know, the, the way they looked in Knoxville, it was bad. Uh, they lost to South Carolina. So, you know, this is this is a beatable uh, Kentucky team, but I just don't think they're beatable by Vanderbilt at this point, at this moment in time. So I'm going to go very similar to a, a final score of last year. I'm going to go Kentucky 31, Vanderbilt 17. Um, I just, I'm with you, Will. But I do like some of what Trevor said. I like the fact that, you know, it could be within a score most of it, just because it's ugly. It's going to be a slugfest, um, and I don't. Kentucky's not a necessarily high-powered offense. I mean, they like to run the football, but they're not up tempo. So, you know, time of possession. I mean, they'll have some big, long, methodical drives. So, they may not get to even thirty with how ugly this weather is and how the game goes. So, but I do think they will. I think they barely get to thirty. I think. Uh, 31-17 is, uh, is my final score. What's the line at right now, Will? Is it 18 still? 18. 18, 47 and a half uh, sitting at the over-under right now. Yeah, so, I, you know, I do, I, I guess with my score, the over hits for me. Uh, but I still like what you said about the under, Trevor. I mean, I think, I think it could be something like 24-10, 24-14, maybe something like that, where the under barely hits, something like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I do think, I think Vanderbilt can find some success, but I just don't think it's going to be enough. Uh, well, I got Kentucky 31 Vandy 17, similar, similar to last year's game. Yeah. I tried to create my video stream freezing here by refreshing my page during your prediction and at the end of Trevor. So I'm just going to say my prediction and whenever I end up freezing up uh, and I'll have this fixed by next time. I'm going to use my roommate's gaming computer, worst case. There we go. Uh, we will have this fixed. <laughs> I mean, that thing's way more than – he's not going to be happy. Uh, but it's way more more than capable of running this. So this is worth it. use next time. Yeah, but I'm just going to say my score. Uh, it's going to be really similar to yours. I didn't hear Trevor's at the end, but it's going to be 31 to 14. Uh, I, I don't think it's ever really going to feel like Vanderbilt's in the game. Uh, I think last year was 34 to 17 or something like that. But Vanderbilt was down 31 to three at half. I don't think it'll be that bad because Vanderbilt's taken a step forward this year. They have taken a step. Hell, they've taken two steps forward. I would feel confident about Vanderbilt going into almost any FCS program's home stadium. That Vanderbilt could go into almost any FCS stadium outside of maybe the top one or two, and they would blow the barn doors off of most of those schools just with athletes. Yes. Uh, the problem is the gap last year uh, was the same gap as a normal middle-of-the-pack SEC program 
uh, to Vanderbilt. Uh, that was the talent gap that Vanderbilt had. Vanderbilt, I describe it as Clark Lee taking the the roster of Tennessee Tech University uh, in Cookville, Tennessee, on the plateau, on the Cumberland Plateau, my alma mater. No hate. I was just there last <laughs> Saturday. Uh, but it would be like taking that roster and saying, okay, now build a winning SEC football program. It's not that easy. No. Because mm-hmm. you're starting from a base layer of maybe having, and I don't, and I'm not hating on any of the guys, they play hard. You maybe have three, four guys that literally any other SEC roster would even put on their game day roster. And I, mean and I think three seriously. or four is generous. That's generous. One of them is yeah. Will Shepard. I think he would be able to be yeah. out there. Clearly, Ray Anthony Davis. Orgy. No, he wouldn't be on our roster. Ray Davis would not be on our roster. Uh, he's a great hard runner. No. there's a, He was recruited to the school he was recruited to, and his transfer option was Vanderbilt. He wasn't recruited to one of those programs. I think that I saw a lot of tweets that were finally describing the problem with how we analyze Vanderbilt athletics, and that's the expectation is Vanderbilt athletics. And I think what the difference in our podcast was is we evaluate them based on being an SEC program. Uh, And Ray Davis runs the ball hard as shit. I love him. I love Ray Davis. And he's the best running back on the roster right now. No hate to Patrick Smith. I think he has some explosive capabilities. Ray Davis is the best running back on the roster, but Ray Davis is not as good as Keyshawn Vaughn, and Keyshawn Vaughn's yeah. an SEC running back. Ray Davis I, is not as good as Warren Norman, and and you know not a great, not some great names to pull up in the in the past. But those were SEC guys. Ray Davis is not being looked at as an NFL draft prospect. That's how you evaluate if if they're SEC talent because the best SEC teams produce the most NFL talent. And the best programs in the country produce the most NFL talent. So if your players are not being evaluated as NFL talent, they're not good enough to be in the SEC. Trent Shurfield is a great example of a guy that should be in the SEC and was under-recruited because now he's contributing next to Tyree Kill, uh, getting the ball thrown to him by Tua Tagovailoa and their number three receiver in that explosive explosive offense. So. There were guys underneath Derek Mason that had NFL talent. That's why they went to bowl games and beat Tennessee three straight times. Right now on this roster is not an NFL talented roster. There's three, four guys that would be on that level. So as much as it is, it is what it is. Uh, But that's why my outlook's a little bit negative. I don't don't know if uh, you guys caught all that. You guys froze on my end like seven times. So I'm really (laughs) hoping everyone heard that. We're, we're, we're good here. Well, we got you. Uh, Scott says Shep, Orgy, Dericky, Swan, and Mahoney. So Swan, I, I would agree with that. Mahoney, no. I would agree with that. Uh, but I love Mahoney. I Maybe agree. Mahoney. I agree with Maybe. Mahoney. I do too. But he missed a lot of tackles in that SC game. He's very, very, very good. I don't think he's a natural safety. I think if he was being recruited as a transfer well, to other SEC play, programs, he, he's had as play. a nickel slot guy. Yeah, he's, he's right. out of that's position. His, that's his so position. He's not a safety. He would be on defense. most. Yeah, I agree. Scott's right. Yeah, yeah. in this defense, he's had to not play. as a safety though. <laughs> right, as a nickel corner. He, yeah. yeah, he's one of those he guys. He's legit, yeah. but not where he's having to be put because of the talent level right. of everyone mm-hmm. else. So he's out of position and being made to look I worse. Matt uh, Hayball, Hayball, <laughs> I mean, that's okay, NFL, okay, that, that's okay. an NFL. Prospect. That's another one. Yeah, um, okay. totally so forgot about Hayball. We're gonna um, say four and a half. 
<laughs> and the thing about Ray too, we'll wrap it up here in a, here in a few minutes here too. But the thing about Ray is that I think he is similar to a guy like Sherfield, who you know he he could he's got two years remaining, so maybe he does develop into that kind of maybe he get maybe he gets faster, maybe he gets stronger, maybe he does. I I think I you talked me into somewhat off the ledge there, Will. Um, I was just kind of going off of what he's done. I mean, what about Ray Davis? What do you think, Trev? Ray Davis? No, I think. He runs above a four five forty. It's irrelevant. Like I'm telling you, that's why he wasn't recruited to Vanderbilt, I, and that's why he wasn't recruited think, in the transfer market. I think what he lacks in speed, which obviously for a back in the SEC is huge, I think he makes up for in the pass game. I think he's an above average receiving running back. Yeah, and I think he's really good in that aspect. And I think there's something else that has to be said that this running back core is so deplete. I mean, it's just him. Patrick and uh, Cooper Lutz, but we haven't seen him a ton. So really it's just two backs and he's the workhorse by far. So I think. Oh, that, that I, none of this was hate by the way. No, Ray yeah, Davis. Yeah. I'm sorry if it came off like yeah. that. Like he is the best running back on this roster and he's having a hell of a season. That was by no means any, any hate I, on him and how he plays. I don't know if he would it's start just, not. other SEC teams. I think he he would definitely be on the roster. Yeah. I mean, I just I think he's proven himself. He's, you know, we got he's fifth in the SEC this year in rushing cards. So we I mean, always talk about what's the difference in Vanderbilt and and what's the difference in speed. That that's that is the difference in a five star and a three star. It's not hands, it's not moves, it's not IQ, it's straight line speed and quickness and, and quick movement. That's what Vanderbilt lacks all the time at every single position. We talk about missed tackles. It's speed. It's quickness. It's you can't analyze the angles on these guys because they're just faster. And it's why they produce NFL talent. And I've just like I've lost my veil, Billy, because I've seen the light. And yeah. and I was hit. We were hitting on the right. I was hitting on the right issues uh, when I was having people dislike my opinions a lot more, and I've kind of strayed away from them. But it's the same problem. This team has to get faster. This team has to get quicker. This team has to get more athletic. And they have to be built in the mold of Anthony Orchi. He can't be the exception. He has to be the rule. And until that happens, you're not going to see consistent SEC wins. You can maybe build up to the point you don't lose 26 in a row and lose 14 straight to South Carolina. But you're not going to win more than two games in a season until you just get faster and quicker and stronger and more athletic overall. Yeah, and, and I, I, mean, I totally agree with that. And I think that's the big thing with someone like Jaden McGowan is we have not mm-hmm. seen speed that Jaden McGowan possesses. And um, even guys like Marion Carter. Yeah, I mean, that was a hell of a play. We haven't seen speed that like speed. that since maybe Brian Kimbrough. That's a Darius good, Sims. good name. If he oh, could have just God, held Darius on. Sims. Yeah, if, Darius Sims was another one. If Kimbrough could have just held on to the football, he could have been a good runner. Oh, he, he could have. Dude had some we bad would, We would talk problems. about him like we talk about Keyshawn Vaughn, I think. I I really believe that. Dude, he was really good on NCAA football 14. <laughs> or whatever he was on 13. He had he had some great speed. And, and Vanderbilt would always sub him in. For Wesley Tate was the starter at that point, man. That speed just wasn't there. That was Ray Davis. I mean, Ray Davis, he runs hard. I loved Wesley Tate. But, yeah. but that's somebody that maybe uh ray davis similarly reminds me of but ray davis does have a little more quickness yeah uh, than wesley tate had an underrated thing you mentioned that video game will vandy's number 25 in the last forever until they produce the next i think (laughs) as weird as it as weird as it sounds i think that has helped vandy a little bit 
like in the perception like of young like uh you know kids that are probably what like 14 or 15 now but in that like when they're like eight or nine years old playing it they're like why is Vandy number 25 it wasn't so long ago it wasn't so long ago guys it wasn't (laughs) I can envision us down the road we're we're recapping a Vandy win over uh, you know on the road in Knoxville or something you know down so me and Billy have always said and it's actually not even been just this season it's been after the first SEC victory. We are going to uh, have an in-person podcast for the first time. That's and we're still waiting. Electric we're factory. still waiting, <laughs> dude. When when that happens, we're going to have a barstool sports type of podcast. I mean, we're getting the entire door court over to my house, yeah. and we are going to make it happen. It might be in twenty twenty three, but we're going to make it happen. What game next year? non-conference i'm getting off on a tangent we're gonna end it here but non-conference <laughs> nah, keep it going. what what non-conference game do we think vanderbilt could pull off i mean wake forest i know it's fairly easy other than wake forest but is that wake forest game winnable next year because they don't have same Hartman. yeah because Hart, hartman's gone it's not going to be some sort of intimidating atmosphere uh there i actually that's a game i'd love to go to actually um but you know, I think that's a game Vandy could win next year. So, do we treat I that as so. an SEC type win? Will I mean, that, I don't know. But I say it, we figure something out. I say we've got a little bit of time here. Uh, yeah. We see how this basketball season plays out. Uh, I'm yeah. really hoping. I was really hoping, like, to build up some hype around this basketball team, like to start there, out with some unexpected was. wins. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the light the light of happiness was once again not shown down upon me, uh, as I'm a Vanderbilt <laughs> fan and and a Tennessee Titans fan. So nothing good is allowed to happen in my life of sports. <laughs> uh, injuries prevail, and bad things continue to happen. But you know. Will, did we ever get your prediction? Yeah, I said it was going to be uh, 31 to 14. 31 14. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I had 31 17. Trevor, mm-hmm. your score was what again? I forgot about it. Uh, I think I said 24 13 Kentucky. Okay. 20. I can, I can same, see same, all but different. Yeah. 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 Like I can see 24 31 type of score output for Kentucky. But for Vandy, um, I just don't see more than like 17. Or, you know, or, I think you know, we're going to see something like 10 3 Kentucky. Yeah, yeah, I can see I it's going to be an yeah. ugly game. I think it's going to be hideous, and I think Vanderbilt's oh, points are going to so come from come from a turnover because with my credit quarterback, and this is my only hope because I had this whole thing written out. If I looked into the analytics and they beat South Carolina, and I was going to hype this up as a game to turn around the program, uh, none of that happened. Uh, so I don't get to go on any of it. But this Kentucky team's beatable. I mean, they're not an explosive offense. It's not like I look at them as I would like an Ole Miss at this point in the year. So that's why a little bit of me is actually going to attend that game in the bad weather because I there, there is an opportunity. This is an explosive offense. Levis hasn't performed well. The O-line hasn't performed great. Uh, they've been an overall disappointment. And anytime you have a team of college students that are between the ages of 18 and 24, uh, 25 now with COVID years, I mean, there's yeah. always an opportunity that that's kind of a job throughout the year. <laughs> hey, don't don't say that until Ray Davis, like we just mentioned. He's allowed. No, nah, Ray's fine. And didn't do I'll take him. He's, he's different. He's different. Everyone else, you know, Drew Timmy, it's time. Man. <laughs> like I, I wake up and hate my life every day and log in and look at Excel spreadsheets and fight for my life. It's time for him <laughs> and Drew Timmy and Jake Fromm to do the same. It just is. Yeah. It, it's only fair. 
One last comment here I want y'all to comment on. I would like Walter Taylor to play Saturday. I don't hate that. I mean, he's not going to play, let's face it. But at this point, if Mike, or say Mike Wright gets hurt. Ken Seals. Ken, say, good. Say you Ken can beat Cook. Kentucky. Like, I, like, as much as I just hate it on this, I'm going to go in with, like, you can pitch a – if you want to do positive and negative spin, I can spin this where you can beat Kentucky. So the Tennessee game, that's going to be doom and gloom because we also have it. That's going to be hideous. But, you know, this game, I'm not ready to start saying play those guys and throw away the season because yeah. you got to remember, you know, I mean, all these guys are young. That's the weird part of this team is like it is doom and gloom because you know, all the winnable games from the first four games of the season. But being a different level of competitive and not being down 31 to three is an improvement. Getting actually beat 55 to nothing against Georgia is an improvement over what you saw last year. If you watched every single down and hate yourself like me, just move on. Hey, just, I think what we realize this Trevor, this Trevor guy is pretty damn good. Uh, Hack Squat Duggan, you can follow him on uh, Hack Squat Jim Duggan. Is it Jim? <laughs> just Jim. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we need some. I mean, am I? Am I? Call me stupid. I don't know. I, Will's already laughing. So Hack Squat Jim Duggan. That's what it is. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. What are you laughing at, Will? Nothing. No, you're laughing at something. I just love everything about that profile. It's just, like, perfect. I love you got, it. You got, hack, you got hack squat slash hack saw Jim Duggan with the picture of 90s. Oh, I mean, it's, it's just great. beautiful. It's just everything about it. Like, it, I never, I didn't even realize that our writer, Trevor, was that account. <laughs> like, you got to understand, <laughs> I, I work at an investment bank, like 11, 12 hours a day, and I run another online store. I, I The door report is what all my free time goes to, but that free time is like really dumb, like the dumbest part of my brain, because I just have nothing left after fighting for my life in Excel, like I mentioned before. So I didn't even realize that that was Trevor's account. I, my favorite thing And once is, I realized I love- and connected that, I was like, we're going to take over the world. Like, we, we're Thanos, Thanos with every single Infinity Stone he needs. Like, it's over. <laughs> we have Nash. We, we've got Hack Squad, Jim Duggan. I love uh, Aria Gerson's Twitter space. And I think it's the funniest thing whenever I ask a question, she's like, and we have a question from Hack Squad, Jim Duggan. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I just lose my mind. <laughs> Oh man, that's that's great. Will Will and I, uh, I remember the first uh, the first live we did on Twitter. I think the first spaces was one of the recaps last year. Which one was it? Will was it uh, UConn? I think it was you. No, no, I, I I hopped on that with you guys. It was um, it was Colorado well, State. I know exactly Colorado what you're talking State. about. That's, yep, that's the one. It was. I remember that's the first. That was my first. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man well that'll that was my first recollection kind of a uh, realization of you but uh, i think we've got something uh something brewing here will we'll have to we'll have to this talk is beautiful. This yeah this is beautiful uh but trevor thanks for taking the time man uh absolutely thank you guys gonna, we're gonna make you a part a part of this uh however we can and uh we're, we're gonna keep this rolling so uh thanks for taking the time brother yeah thank you guys you have a good night anchor down well that just about does it. We got to get into our interview with uh, Dick Gabriel, WLAP 630 AM uh, sports talk radio host uh, up in Lexington. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. 
Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flowing job to a Laco fine wood floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. Welcome back into the Door Report alongside Dick Gabriel, longtime sports talk radio host up in Lexington. He's currently uh, with 6.30 WLAP. And Dick, correct me if I'm wrong, you're uh, hosting a, a weeknight show uh, from, from 6 to 8 p.m. there in Lexington. Uh, so, Dick, thanks for taking the time to come on. Um, I want to first start with Kentucky this season, and we'll talk about the game from, from last week uh, against Missouri, a, a tight win for, for the Wildcats. But for Kentucky this season, how surprised have you been by some of the outcomes? Of course, you had the close loss against Ole Miss, the – you know, really the domination uh, in Knoxville by Tennessee. So how surprised have you been by uh, by some of the outcomes and, and really how this season's gone for the Wildcats? I was actually most surprised by the loss to South Carolina, which all due respect is, is not a real strong team, but played very well against Kentucky, and Kentucky just fell flat. And you've seen SEC football. You know what can happen when you don't show up ready to play, and they weren't ready physically or mentally. So that's one they should have won. Uh, Ole Miss was was a really disappointing outcome because, as you know, they took the lead for about 10 seconds and then had to give it back <laughs> because of a penalty. And uh, one of the greatest atmospheres I've seen on the road in a long time, to, to the credit of the Rebels and their fans, uh, it was a great afternoon for football down in Oxford. It was a really interesting game. And Kentucky played poorly in the first half, extremely well in the second half, but blew it at the end. So that was a little bit disappointing. I was kind of surprised, not that they lost to Tennessee, but how they lost. I mean, just got overwhelmed. And I thought they were beyond that. Tennessee was more than ready to play, to to the volunteers' credit. So I I guess not the L, but the way that they took the L was surprising to me. So it's been kind of an odd year. Yeah, no doubt it's it's been odd across the SEC. But I want to go back to last week, uh, the Missouri game. That was kind of your prototypical uh, Kentucky game where they muddy the game up. Uh, Missouri muddied it up as well. Uh, Kentucky just did a little bit better job of that, uh, I think, in that one. I was watching it. Uh, turned out to be a, a decent game. Uh, but for Kentucky, is that kind of how they – they like to win games. Uh, they have to win games. It feels like uh, certain certain times in that way. Uh, so, so what were your uh, your uh, impressions of of last week's win uh, over Mizzou? Was kind of squeaking by. Well, uh, first of all, a typical Kentucky Missouri game. Yep. And that that series has evolved into just a succession of rock fights. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, they're they're interesting games because they're tight. And weird things seem to happen, but it's not classically good SEC football now, is it? If you watch that game, it was like, who makes the fewest mistakes? Kentucky made a bucket of mistakes. Missouri made a bucket of mistakes. And in the end, it was a huge break by the Wildcats, an unfortunate injury, devastating injury to Kentucky's punter. 
and kind of an obscure rule at the end with the with the blocked kick or the uh, the uh, roughing the kicker that wasn't roughing the kicker because he the punter remained in the tackle box. We all learned about a rule that you know <laughs> maybe we should have known, but uh, and I got to be honest with you, I covered my first game in 1975 as a student. I have never seen a play like that where you talk about taking one for the team. I mean, the, the, the punter for Kentucky will not punt again for Wildcats, <laughs> maybe ever. You know, he's a last-year senior, um, gave up his body. He didn't really mean to, but he did, and it was, was uh, severely injured on that play, but got the punt away. And I don't know about you, if it's me, I'm kicking that thing out of the end zone and then just hope the defense can hold. But he had the, the presence of mind and the wherewithal, pick it up, square your body, not roll out, kick it where he stood, and, you know, took it right in the lips, didn't he? No doubt. No doubt about it. Uh, let's go to Will Levis here, the, the quarterback for Kentucky. Uh, I want to go to his draft stock. And, and and you, of course, like every other Kentucky fan, has seen, I don't know about plummet, but because he hasn't technically plummeted uh, in, in the draft stock, but um, he still has the stature, still has the arm, is it more so the the talent around him? Maybe some of the coaching. I mean, what what do you uh, what do you account to the struggles? Uh, you know, at least somewhat. You know, from this season for Levis. Not even, you know, not saying he struggled mightily, but there have been times where he he may not have really looked like himself. He's been at the mercy of the offensive line, like every quarterback on this planet. Last year, he had an O line that put three people into NFL camps. Two that I know of are still playing in the NFL as rookies, they had two returning starters. They moved to different positions. It was the fifth game of the year before they had an intact lineup for back-to-back games. And you know as well as I do, O-lines work like dance troops. They have to work together or it doesn't matter what they're doing. They've had a really difficult time putting together consistent Efforts. They did it in the second half against Ole Miss. They did it in the second half on a road win at Florida. They did it the entire game for the most part against Mississippi State. But teams that have stunted and and thrown a lot of eye candy at them have really had their way with the Kentucky O-line. And Levis has been running for his life most of this year, unlike last year. You can count probably on one and a half hands how many times he's had a clean pocket to throw the ball. He's got more downfield threats this year, ironically, but he hasn't had the time to look for them. So he's done the best he can. And by the way, the new offensive coordinator and the offense is a bit more complicated. has told Levis, I don't want you scrambling and running like you did last year because you're going to take too many shots, but he's taking shots this year being slammed to the turf. He's got right. a turf toe injury, uh, dislocated finger against Ole Miss, partially separated left shoulder that's still bothering him. And when he's not playing football, he's in the boot to keep that toe elevated a little bit. So he's had a rough year. Yeah, and, you know, Mark Stoops, the the head coach, uh, you could say has as well. And, uh, you know, I, I want to ask you about the trajectory of Stoops and the Kentucky program and, and uh, you know, whether or not Mark Stoops, you know, is a guy that, you know, does he want to stay at Kentucky? You know, does he have other offers out there uh, right now? Of course, he's still got games to play this season. The record will improve, especially uh, heading into this Vanderbilt game. But uh, where where do you put Mark Stoops in, in, in the trajectory of this program, but also the the future of of, of his coaching career in, in Lexington right now? 
Well, that's a great question. Uh, I would imagine that whatever offers have come his way are being fielded by his agent. But here's what Stoops has done. He's proven he's more than just a flavor of the month or a flavor of the moment, if you will. I mean, you've seen coaches turn a program uh, around within one season and suddenly he's the hottest thing there is. But is he really? Can he sustain it? Stoops has sustained it since he got here. Almost every year he's improved or matched what he's done the year prior. And going into this year, we were talking, at least on this end of the interstate, about could they really challenge Georgia for the SEC East? And, and we kept a straight face doing it. That's never happened. Uh, and he's only done this by bringing in good players and, and, again, sustaining the program through the years. Rich Brooks had it going before he retired, but Stoops has taken it to a, a better level. That said, he's proven it can be done at a place like Kentucky where in the past – with the exception of Brooks and Bear Bryant, coaches have gone to die, quite frankly. At least their careers have. So I'm sure ADs all over the country have looked at this and said, ah, Kentucky, they can do it there. Why can't we do it where we are? Now, he's making good money. He can be selective if there are offers. People here are concerned that if and when the Iowa job opens, that's home for him, his alma mater. Maybe he goes there. Florida State opened up and then closed. And he remained in, in Kentucky. So he can be selective. But let's face it, there are other places you can go where it's not quite as challenging to win a conference title. But how often do those jobs open up? Right. And another good indicator of his success is the domination of, of lower tier SEC teams. You know, he's been right. able to beat the Missouris. And, and, you know, I know they lost to South Carolina this year, but he has traditionally, you know, over the years dominated the, a team like right. that. And Vanderbilt is another one of those teams where Kentucky and Vanderbilt, that used to be a con competitive game, especially under James Franklin, Bobby yeah. Johnson, coaches like that. Um, so kind of heading into this week. You know, with this game, of course, Kentucky's back into the top 25. This has been, at least this season for SEC teams, kind of a get-right game. You saw Spencer Rattler last week be able to get right, uh, throwing the football through the air. So do you see this game as sort of Kentucky maybe being able to get right, especially in the passing game where, you know, they have struggled at times this year? It all depends on the O-line. If Vandy can find a way to take advantage of the problems Kentucky's had up front, Vandy will make a game out of it. And you're exactly right. Kentucky, if, if my research is right, Kentucky's in a six-game winning streak against Vandy. Prior mm -hmm. to that, this series was even. Yep. You know, I think it was 42, 42, and four ties or something like that. And it's so funny because, you know, on your end uh, of, of the interstate, everybody pencils in Kentucky as a win. That's the one game we know we can win, right? And Kentucky fans up here, Vandy, that's the one game we know we can win. <laughs> yep. Which makes it great, you know. Yeah. And a, a former coworker of mine went to Vandy, and he told me that once. We every year we knew we were going to beat Kentucky. I said, "Oh, Kentucky fans do <laughs> the same thing about Vandy." Uh, there have been some good games, some ugly games. Uh, the death knell for Joker Phillips' run as Kentucky's head coach was a forty to nothing home field loss to Vanderbilt. Mm. You know, uh, Kentucky in twenty eighteen played. At Vandy, that was a 10-win team with a first-round draft pick at the end and Josh Allen and won 14-7. to It was a dreadful yeah. game. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, it's just a really contentious game. And and I can, I've can i seen Vandy teams that, that have struggled all year come in and play mightily against Kentucky because this is our shot to win an SEC game. And if Kentucky's not ready and doesn't block well, 
Vandy can pull off the upset. Right. I want to get a little bit deeper. I'll get your prediction here in a second. But for this game in particular, uh, on the Kentucky side, you just talked about it. But for Vanderbilt, you know, what is the recipe? You've seen teams beat Kentucky this year, a team like South Carolina, a team like Ole Miss. Now, Vanderbilt is not those teams. But if you're Coach Clark Lee, what do you do to try to, you know, to, to, to try to disrupt that rhythm? Obviously, Kentucky has to help Vanderbilt if Vandy wants to win this game. They've, they've got to probably turn the ball over, uh, you know, once or twice. But if you're Clark Lee, you've seen how Kentucky has been beaten. What do you do? How do, how do you beat this Kentucky team? Well, you got to put pressure on Levis. There's no question about that. But in the meantime, you can't forget about Chris Rodriguez. Missouri did a really nice job of jamming him up early, and they made him he, – he topped 100 yards, but they made him earn every yard. Uh, I think he had maybe one run of more than 10 yards. So that's something Vandy has to do. But, again, you've got to get pressure on Levis. There's no question about that. And in the meantime, offensively, you got to buy time for your quarterback uh, you know, because Kentucky's defense, for all the struggles Kentucky's had, the defense has been the bright spot, minus the two in starting inside linebackers, uh, DeAndre Square and Jacquez Jones. Last week against Mizzou, the inside linebackers, Derek Jackson, Trevin Wallace, were superb. So you got to figure out a way to try to take advantage of them. But you've got to make time for your quarterback as well and – try to, to get your running backs to the second levels to try to, to gash Kentucky a little bit. But again, it all goes back to Kentucky's O-line. If you can take advantage of them and force the Kentucky defense to stay on the field for more than 30 minutes, you got a shot. Coming up on Saturday, it's number 24, Kentucky. They're back inside the top 25. Probably nice, uh, nice little sighting for Kentucky fans to see. Vanderbilt still struggling, trying to get their first SEC win. Dick, let's get your pick for Saturday's 11 a.m. kick in Lexington. Probably going to be a little bit chilly, I'd say, too, right? Yeah, the weather says it, it's gorgeous right now. We could have done this interview outside. <laughs> uh, but tonight it's going to rain, and then the temperatures are going to plummet about 30 degrees. Rainy on Saturday, and I'm the sidelines radio reporter, so I'm good. I've I'm I've done this for years, but it's the wind that kills you, and that's what got us in Missouri, man. Those of us on the sidelines. Same, same for Vandy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it was windy, but it was bitterly cold in in Columbia. Uh, Anyhow, I think I think let's let's assume Kentucky's O line does a decent job. I think Kentucky wins by a couple of scores. If not, if Kentucky's not ready to play. If the O-line struggles, this might come down to who has the football last, quite frankly. It could be that kind of, which is, I guess you'd say, a typical Vandy-Kentucky game. Yep, yep. It feels like it's always cold because they usually play later in the season, especially yeah. in Lexington. Yeah. The weather's typically not kind to that road team going up to uh, uh, to uh, Lexington uh, this time of year. Dick, thanks for taking the time and uh, enjoy your coverage. Just stay warm up there on Saturday, too. My pleasure. We'll do it.